Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. Back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. Back a little sooner than expected. Another episode for you. Uh, let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. Back sooner than later. I don't think I've ever done um back back to back episodes. You know, I usually wait two weeks or longer. <laughs> um yeah. I don't I will have to check to see if I've ever done um back-to-back episodes weekly episodes because i'm not sure um but yeah i'm back back for another episode i told y'all i'd be back because i was going to talk about um my blog post hope everybody had a chance to read it if you didn't because i know it's probably some who didn't get to read it even though it take five minutes <laughs> But um, it's all good. I'm going to go through the uh, blog post and, you know, just go in more depth about it. Talk about it. Be more more vulnerable um, on the topic. Uh, yeah, we still still dealing with um Mercury retrograde. It's over November 3rd. And we also dealing with Mars retrograde. And that's over November 13th. And boy, are they ca- they are causing a stir. Um, yeah, have to watch out anger, arguments, breakups, all that type of stuff has been going on. Electronic issues, scheduling issues, all that. <laughs> I had packages messed up. I've gotten to conflicts, arguments, all that. Um, yeah going through it uh yeah but i hope you had a chance to listen to my last episode um just to take part three too lit too fast <laughs> too lit too fast oh i had so many uh people hitting me up clowning me joking me about it i wish i didn't uh delete the attempts that i had of trying to record Cause I could have put a little, a little clip together and <laughs> played it on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have deleted it. But the only reason I deleted it because I was lit. I was, you know, what I'm saying I was a little too, too turned, a little too drunk, too fast, and I was just like, let me get these out, out the recorder. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, let me start off with what I'm drinking and what I'm smoking. Uh, right now I have, uh, my drink is Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I just bought this today. And one of the one of my new listeners hit me up and told me to, to try it and let him know what, what I thought about it. But I had forgot that I already had this before. And it was like a couple of weeks ago when I first had it, and I didn't like it. And now I'm sitting here, and I got this bottle, and I'm just like, young, I'm I'm blown. (laughs) I'm blown that I got this bottle, but it's all good. Um, I just uh, splashed a little water in there, and it it made it taste better. It actually brought the, the, the flavor of it out even more. And that's a whiskey thing. Uh, whiskey drinkers and stuff, they add water to the whiskey. It helps bring out the flavor in it and stuff like that. And also it uh, waters down the proof of it. And this this particular whiskey is 90, 90.4 proof. Yeah, so um, I didn't actually put water in it. I just let the ice uh, melt in it. And, you know, it got a good taste to it once it got that, once the ice started melting in it. Yeah, it got a good taste to it after that. But uh, let me spark up this this cigar. Um, This cigar right here is a Macanudo uh, Inspirado. And I I think I've had this before. I may have had this brand, but this is a, I think this is a different, um, a different style of the cigar. Let me cut it. I didn't pregame like I did last time. That just wasn't going to happen. For one, excuse me, that's burp number one. For one, that wasn't going to happen for the simple fact that that's burp number two. This whiskey is, (laughs) yeah, this whiskey is not where it's at. I probably won't ever buy this one again. And it. So I hope when the fellas come over, um, we supposed to be watching the fight next week. So I hope, you know, I'm just going to have this bottle out. I'm going to put all the other bottles away and I'm going to just leave this one That smoke hit me right in the face. <laughs> See if this was uh <clears throat> if this was season one, I'd have stopped the recording 
and started all over again because I was like, nah, <clears throat> I'm not going to let them hear me on the mic sounding like that. <clears throat> but it's all good. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even care now. <laughs> but um, overall, this episode is going to be a vulnerable ep- episode. So <clears throat> I'm going to keep with the trend so y'all hear me choke. Yeah, but that smoke uh, hit me right in the face. Let me get some water. Uh, The water I'm drinking is Crystal Geyser Alpine Spring Water. Excuse me. That's burp number three or four. I I don't know. It's happening so fast right now, you know. <laughs> I'm just, I think I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I'm nervous about this episode. I've been nervous about this episode for, for a couple of weeks. Well, after, <clears throat> after I wrote the, um, the blog that I did to record on the, the blog post came to my mind. <clears throat> And ever since, I was like, I was like nervous. But uh, the past three weeks, though, I've been like <clears throat> crazy anxious. And I'm going to go more into that later. But um, let's start out with what's been going on in the world. We had the second presidential debate. And <clears throat> I was going back and forth watching it and watching the game. I was particularly watching it more so for to see what how <clears throat> to see how they were going to touch on the uh the topic of race in black America and of course it was bullshit all they talked about was um <clears throat> criminal justice and that's fine I mean that's a big topic that's what's in the you know at the forefront right now as far as mainstream news but they didn't touch on the wealth gap they didn't touch on education they ain't touch on on nothing all they touched on was criminal justice they ain't touch on reparations nothing so i mean after that i turned i turned it um yeah but from what i did see on the debate <clears throat> i felt like biden didn't do enough to win Trump was Trump. He was actually uh, more, you know, reserved than he normally is and how he was on the last debate. So if I had to pick a winner, I would say it was Trump or even it was a tie. I don't feel like Biden did enough to win the debate. I mean, he pretty much didn't. It was it was pretty much a tie or Trump. Trump won. Both debates, in my opinion. And the reason I say that Trump won the first debate was because of how he took Biden out of uh, <clears throat> out of Biden's character. Biden was telling them to shut up and, you know, <clears throat> you know, taking little jabs that was outside of his character. We expected Trump to do what Trump did. So I looked at it like, you know, Trump won. And. <clears throat> The second debate, I just felt like Biden still didn't do enough. He still didn't do enough. 
And hold on one second. Spark this uh cigar. <clears throat> Yeah, the second debate, <clears throat> he still didn't do enough. Biden still didn't do enough. But one thing I found interesting was uh, uh Rice Munson poll came out. Um, after the um, debate, and it says uh, 46% of black voters approve of President Trump. But it was noted that no other polls show a similar trend. <clears throat> so I didn't do any investigating on on that poll to see whether it had any tie. If if Rice must have had ties to the Republicans or to Trump or anything like that to see if that's why no other polls trended like that. But at the same time, I was kind of skeptical that no other polls had anything out like that. And I know that a lot of mainstream media has been siding towards Biden. And like I've said on plenty of episodes, I'm not for Trump. I'm not voting for Trump. Although I do think Trump is great for the world for the simple fact that he's bringing all this crap out. Because we thought everything was peachy cream when um, Obama was elected. And then when Trump came, he showed... You know what America is really about. And that's why I think that Trump is good for America. I think Trump will win again because the Democrats and Biden just ain't doing enough. And they just think that everything is the same like it's always been that they can um, they can rely on the black vote. And, you know, that's in the bag. They ain't got to do nothing. I mean, that's obvious with Biden coming out and saying you're not black if you don't vote for for me or for a Democrat. But I have been seeing a lot of black people, uh, particularly black males, saying that they're not going to vote. And I've seen a lot of black males saying that, you know, they're not just going to rush and jump to vote for Biden or be on the Democrats bandwagon because... It's the same old bullshit over and over again. Democrats haven't done nothing for us. Um, and I've also noticed, and I've talked about this before, how the Democrats have been using this narrative of having the black women in their bag and how they've been using Kamala Harris for that and how they've been trying to Push a divide between black women and black men. And that's something that I foresaw even on my episode Still Lynching. And if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and you'll see what I'm talking about. This has been a strategy that they've been using for years. And if you think about slavery times when back when the Willie Lynch theory was put in was written and it was pushed out there to be used against the to the enslaved black people democrats were the racists they were the racists the majority of them were slave owners they were for slavery 
they were in the South. And this is what this is what boggles my mind about black people today. We just we just it's just like a it's just a trend. It's just an a bandwagon of black folks that will run and jump towards Democrats just because that's the thing. They don't put no they don't do no type of research. They don't do nothing. They just know that their grandmama loved Kennedy and all that other stuff, so they're gonna vote Democrat. It's just weird to me. But it's not surprising because that's that's what we do as black people. We are some straight up followers. And it was one thing that I thought about. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, we try so hard that we want to be equal to white people and the other races and stuff like that. But we stay claiming that we kings and queens. If we kings and queens, we shouldn't be worrying about being equal to none of them. We should already know that we are not equal to them. That we we are above them. We are more powerful than them. And that goes back to when uh, the last episode when I was talking about Lovecraft Country and how I was talking about and on the show how they focused on showing um, how white people use our spirituality, they use our magic, they use our power and and stuff against us. And they make us believe that all that stuff is evil, like voodoo, hoodoo. Any other thing that's outside of organized religion. Talking to ancestors, praying to ancestors, you know, giving offerings to ancestors, stuff like that. They use that stuff against us and they make us believe that it's evil. So we won't tap into our power. Black people, we have gone through a lot of shit on this this earth we have gone through a lot of shit and it's like we we haven't even scratched the surface of our full potential because we're so focused on trying to be equal with people who treat us like shit that don't make sense so i see all the time on social media and stuff black people talking about some our worth our worth and but we only talking about it when it comes to relationships with each other but we don't talk about it when it comes to our relationship with all the other races that treat us like shit. But that's the Willie Lynch syndrome right there. And like I said, go back and listen to my episode, Still Lynching, and you'll hear what I'm talking about. And buy the damn book, The Willie Lynch Letters. It's like $4 on Amazon. And it takes 20 minutes to read. If that. But the last episode, I also talked about uh, Jamel Hill. If you don't know her, she was uh, um, one of the faces, one of the voices on uh, ESPN. And I talked about how she's been doing a lot of uh, black men bashing and stuff on Twitter. And it's just, it's crazy. And it's like, I called this shit. Like, I really called this. I knew this stuff. I knew all this was going to happen. 
And I play around with people a lot, and I be I talk about how I always call myself the Vision, based off of the Vision on uh <laughs> on the uh Marvel movies, the Avenger movies and stuff. Because I it's a lot of stuff that I be predicting, or I, I foresee, but I just be quiet about it. And I foresaw this, and of course she didn't stop since since my last episode. So after the um. After the debate, you know, when Trump came out and he was like, he's done more for black people than anybody since Abraham Lincoln. So, Jamel Hill, she posted on Twitter talking about some Lyndon B. Johnson and all this other stuff. And I guess black people running. And and she wasn't the only one putting that. You know, a lot of black people were saying Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, because I guess he signed the Civil Rights Act or whatever. But if we want to be technical about it, even... Um, Martin Luther King, who was a part of that, who was in the White House when he signed that that act, Martin Luther King was like he wished he didn't do it, you know, that he felt like he he took black people into a burning house. But, you know, she said Lyndon Johnson or whatever, but people forget the fact that, you know, part of that, the Civil Rights Act um, was the... uh, the Great Society Act. And that was like Lyndon Johnson's big thing. The, you know, presidents always got their big thing. And that was his big thing. It was supposed to be, you know, helping with the poverty of America and stuff like that. And all this other stuff. But a lot of people don't know that part of that Great Society Act was the fact that black households couldn't receive welfare if they had a man in the home. So a lot of black women was kicking the black men out of the home so they can get welfare. So they can, you know, get government assistance based off of their poverty. And a, and a lot of them couldn't get it if a man was a black man was in the home, if, if a man was in the home. So a lot of black families were broken up back in the 60s when Lyndon B. Johnson signed that that Great Society Act into place. Because these black Women wanted to get the welfare to take care of their kids and stuff. They wanted to get the government assistance, so they was kicking the black men out the house. And it was it was difficult for them to get it with a man in the house. Destroyed a lot of black families. What that sound like? That sound like slavery times when the when the uh, slave master was selling off the the father or the kids and stuff, breaking up families, straight breaking up families. And another thing that she did on Twitter was she she uh posted something and said, I have increasingly found that many black men just want better access to patriarchy. They don't actually want it dismantled. She sparked a whole hashtag off of posting that. She sparked the blame black men hashtag. It was trending. The hashtag was trending on Twitter. Blame black men because of that tweet that she put out there. She basically saying that black men want to be white men or whatever. I like I'm trying to but she loves praising. She loves praising white men. That's that's what is crazy about it. And if you go back on my last episode when I was talking to you about how she re- retweeted an article on the Merlin governor and how he said that he wrote in Ronald Reagan on the ballot instead of voting for Trump. And she talked about that was an act of courage. 
But you hear black people all the time talking about some a vote, uh, a no vote is a vote for Trump. Or, you know what I'm saying, not voting is a vote for Trump. So, but because a white dude did it, it was fine in her in her eyes. And like I said on the last episode, her own mother voted for Trump and she's vote she's been voting for Republicans for the past four three or four years. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is the Willie Lynch syndrome right here. Still lynching. Black folk, we out here still lynching. We are still lynching. Yeah. Um, but what else has been going on? Yeah, but uh, what else has been going on? Um, I think last episode I talked about Cardi being offset, getting back together. Um, yeah, I think I did. Um, let me see before I get into <clears throat> my blog post. Um, trying to see, remember if there was anything else. Um, I was going to talk about before the main topic. Um, let me see. I think that was it. Um, but yeah, we a week and three days away from the big election. <clears throat> vote if you want. Vote if you don't want. I mean, this is it's not my prerogative. Um, you do what you got to do and what's best for you. Um I feel like no matter what, um, black people, we're going to be good because we've gone through crap with every presidential candidate, even the first black one, Bill Clinton <clears throat> and Obama. So, I mean, it don't matter. We're going to get killed. We're going to get taxed. We're going to lose jobs. It's, we gonna be protesting is gonna be something i just want my whole point is we need to give the same energy to both sides because they both they both full of it they both full of it there's two different wings on the on the bird but um <clears throat> yeah i tried to take myself on a date today I woke up this morning, did my usual routine, uh, said my affirmations, um, prayed, did my mantras. Um, after that, I ate some cereal for my pre-workout, get some carbs in me, and <clears throat> worked out, worked on my biceps and my triceps. Took a shower, you know, laid out my clothes or whatever. What I was going to wear. And then I meditated. Got dressed. Um, The night before I was like yeah I'm going to go ahead and go down to the National Portrait Gallery. Um, Because that's one of my favorite. My favorite museums down, down in D.C. So I was like, let me just go down there since they back, you know, since it's back open, since the museums are back open. Got dressed. Got in my car, drove down there. Walked up to the museum. The the main entrance was closed, so I walked around to the other entrance. 
and as I was walking around, I I looked on the website again to see if they was closed since the main entrance was closed. They was doing like construction in front of it or something. So I was like, let me check the website again to make sure. Because I checked it the night before to make sure that they was open. Said they was open and everything. I was like, cool, I'm going to go down there. So as I'm walking to the second entrance, I'm looking at the website again, and I'm going through it a little bit more. I'm searching around in the website to, just to make sure they ain't say nothing about construction and it being closed. So then I look and I see that they say that you got to have, they, you got to reserve a, a time pass because the museum is free. It's part of the Smithsonian. They was like, you got to reserve a free time pass to get into the museum. So I, I'm like, what the fuck? So I was like, let me go. Look, I checked and looked on the calendar. The don't say it's sold out. I'm like, the ticket's free. How is it sold out? <laughs> I'm like, damn, I drove all the way down here and I can't even get into the museum. <laughs> and as you as you already know, I talked about a couple episodes ago. I'm a cheap date. So, you know, I was just going to do something free. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to do free, you know, in this area. But all the free tickets were sold out. So... I mean, the down, downtown where that part of D.C. is is not far from where I live. It's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the most, traffic or whatever. So it wasn't a big deal. I walked around a little bit. I walked around D.C. Um, I started sweating with my mask on, so I was like, nah, let me go back. <laughs> let me go to my car. And um, I wasn't really hungry, so it wasn't like I could go... It wasn't like I was going to go somewhere and get something to eat or whatever. And then the movie theaters are not open around here, only in Virginia. So I was like, damn, I drove all the way down this jump for nothing. But it was cool. I got out the house or whatever. <laughs> but I, I did say to myself, I was like, damn, see, at times when I try to do something for myself, now some shit like this happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was all good. Um I got out the house and I still had to go out and get my cigars and stuff anyway. So I just drove down to um, Virginia, got my cigars to one of my uh, cigar spots, and they got my drink and came home and and relaxed until the show started or whatever. But yeah, I was trying to take myself on a date, cheap date, nice and free date. Um, but yeah. I paid for the parking meter and everything. Put two hours on there, three dollars, <laughs> and then they couldn't even do my date. But um, yeah, it's all good. But yeah, make sure y'all take yourselves on a date. But it was kind of it was kind of good that I got the idea to do that off the simple fact of what the topic of you know uh, my blog was and what I'm going to be talking about. Um, tonight so everything lined up <laughs> but it just didn't work out the way that I wanted it to <laughs> but um also I did something else today um I got a little mini reading a little uh, mini tarot reading and it was from somebody who I follow on Instagram her name is I am Melanie David you know, check her out. She do a good job with all that stuff. Um, I am Melanie um, David. And let me spell her. Make sure I get her name correctly. I am 
Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, David, D-A-V-I-D. All one word on Instagram. So, um, she was offering readings or whatever. And it was a good price and a um, nice little inexpensive price. And it was a reading for the upcoming week. This week that's about to come up. So, I'm going to play what, what she sent me um, off of it. And what was interesting, like, even before she, she started, um, before... She turned the cards over. She sent me a message. She was like, have you been anxious lately? She was like, I feel immense pressure in my chest right now before I even turned the cards over. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, ever since basically Mercury retrograde started, I've been like hella anxious, um, you know, for the past three weeks. So... Let me play what um, she sent me, like, clips based off of the, the cards that she pulled. So, I'm going to go through them and just, you know, bear with me because they they uh, automatically sync. She sent me several of them. They automatically sync and start over after, they, after they're done. So, just bear with me. All right. Hold on. All right. So, here are your cards. Multifaceted. Personal power and home now i had my own interpretation and i told you before i flipped over these cards that i was getting this heavy feeling in my chest this anxiousness um and this card symbolizes that so i'll explain um what all of these mean collectively as um i read the message for you all right so Okay, so you're busy, incredibly busy. You have your hands in everything. You're doing everything. And I'm not sure if you're completely taking as much time as you need to rest and replenish your energy. This also speaks to busy times ahead um, because you are a multifaceted person. Don't think that it's going to slow down because for you it's not. Um, more opportunities are coming you're going to be busy, okay? So it's important that you make sure that you're taking that time to ground yourself home. Okay, so you're... Yeah, so um, I'm just going to pop in real quick. So the multifaceted one, <clears throat> she was talking about how, you know, I've been busy or I got that coming up. I definitely have been busy. My mind has been busy. My mind has definitely been busy and I've definitely been jotting down a lot of ideas and stuff like that. And, you know, trying to get things started that I previously tried to do. And I definitely haven't been grounding myself like I normally do. I haven't been on my meditation like that. I haven't been working out like that. And I haven't been going outside and, and earth earthing like i've been usually doing if y'all don't know what that is look that up it's called earthing earthing e-a-r-t-h-i-n-g um when you put your feet in the in the ground and you know that grounds you but um i just recently started back up working out and stuff and meditating so but i have been hella tired though lately I've been hella tired. Like Friday, like I, I pretty much slept the whole damn day. Like 
my sleeping patterns been off and everything because my mind has just been busy and stuff and I've been trying to do a lot. Um, but let me go to the second clip. Here we go. Let's talk about this card right here. See, you know what's Okay, so you're busy. Incredible. Let's talk about this card right here. See, you know what's funny? When I seen the image pop up of this uh, this tiger, this Siberian tiger, I thought of you. I was like, this looks like you. It's so powerful. But it's here to actually remind you of your power because you haven't been standing in your power. You haven't um, been speaking up. You haven't expressed it the way that you need to so that your soul can be fulfilled. Ooh, let's talk about this card right here. Okay, so that clip right there, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff I have been holding back on uh, in a lot of areas um, with my new therapist, um, just trying to feel, fill them out and stuff like that and trying to get a connection with them and stuff going on um, at work that I've been kind of like holding, holding back and, um, in my love life, socially, all that. I've, I've been holding back a lot lately. I've been just like, I've been kind of like reserving myself and being kind of timid and just, just like sitting back and just holding stuff in and watching because, Stuff just hasn't been sitting right with me and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> so let me go to the next clip a second. So this card speaks to the anxiousness that you've been feeling. This speaks to any heartbreak, any situation that you have had that was inherently negative to you. Know that, you know, spirit is always working in our favor. So even though it seems that way, um, it's not. And for you, the way out is to express your emotions. There is a lot that's been bottled up. There's a lot that you're not saying, you know, whether that's protecting yourself or protecting others. And spirit is telling you to stop. You got to speak your truest, deepest emotions and this card is blue too because that is your throat chakra you have to let that stuff out because if you don't you know just like anything in the body disease it can metastasize and we don't want that so we have to speak our truth no matter what or who thinks what about it so this card yeah so yeah that's where a lot of my anxiety has been coming from me holding on to a lot of stuff and just constantly thinking about it and things like that and even with like the blog and me being anxious about going into more detail about the blog on this episode and stuff like I already said that's been going on with me and stuff and, and a lot of me holding back you know you know speaking my emotions and stuff because trying to protect myself because I want to because I want to protect other people. I want to protect other people by, you know, not making them feel a certain type of way. And in return, them making me feel a type of certain way. Which goes into my, my blog and what I'm going to, you know, talk about once I go into it. So, let me go to the next clip. <clears throat> okay, 
So ultimately, don't be afraid to speak up. A lot of us think that vulnerability makes us weak, but it's actually one of the strongest things that we can do. So if there's something on your heart, if there's something that you feel the need to say, this card is encouraging you to say that because when you do that, you are standing in your personal power and your home. You, you got to ground yourself. So I want you to spend this week really today. I want you to map out the time that you're going to be available to you. So ultimately, don't be afraid to speak up. A lot of yeah, so this this whole reading resonate with everything that I've been going through, everything I've been thinking about for the past couple of weeks, past three weeks. Um, but <clears throat> I definitely been saying to myself for the past three weeks, I'm going to take off of work. I'm going to take off of work because I've just been like been hella drained emotionally drained i've been more emotionally drained than anything else and that emotion me being emotionally drained has been affecting my physical it's like i ain't want to um meditate i ain't want to work out and stuff and it was just like just i just threw i'm i was just like through with people like i was just getting tired of people like i was getting tired with people i was getting tired with myself i was getting tired with myself and having the the emotions and stuff that I was having and the thoughts that I was having and stuff like that. But uh, let me go to the last clip. So for this upcoming week, I really want you to schedule time for yourself. I want you to have at least two days that are dedicated to you. How you want to spend that time is completely up to you, but really take time to nurture yourself and give yourself that same kind of love, right? Because unfortunately, people are not always capable of loving us the way that we deserve, which is why it's incredibly important for us to set that bar for ourselves. So take this week to really quiet the mind, quiet the soul, so that the anxiousness can be alleviated. Yeah, so that was the last card, and it was interesting because that last part is something that me and my therapist talked about, about, you know, um, loving loving myself and, you know, how I'm not going to get everything that I, I want or need from the people around me and stuff, and this is basically how I've been feeling. I've, I've, I was like, like I said, I've been emotionally drained. I've been feeling like, you know... Even though I spend so much time by myself, but I spend that time in the same routine, in the same setting and stuff like that. So that that home card and what she said with the home card, like, really resonated with me because I was thinking to myself, I was like, I got to change my scenery. And I was telling one of my friends, I have to change. I have to change my scenery. I have to change my scenery. And that's what I was trying to do today by, you know, taking myself out, going to the museum and stuff like that. I was trying to change my scenery. I was trying to, you know, do something for myself, you know, break up that that energy that's going on in my mind and going on in my in my heart and stuff and in my, in my body. You know, by, you know, switching up the the scenery and taking my mind off of things and just kind of clearing it with with like creativity and art and stuff like that. So, you know, I kept saying that I, I need to take off work. I need to take off. I've been saying that for the past three weeks and I haven't done it at all. And I said I was going to take off Friday. I didn't take off Friday. 
So I said I'm going to take off Monday, you know, give myself a, a mental health day and, and do something for myself. I still plan to do it. So, you know, I'm not I'm not going back off of that, you know, because I, I tried today and, you know, I, I, I got to do it. I have a plan for what I'm going to do for Monday. And, you know, I'll pick the, the next day, you know, um, in the week. I'll probably make it Friday or something. You know, wait till the weekend, Friday or Saturday to be the second day for next week. But I was just, I was amazed, you know, how this reading resonated 100% with me and with what's been going on with me. I was just like amazed. Like I said, check her out on uh, Instagram. Her name is I am Melanie David. I am Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, David, D-A-V-I-D, one word on Instagram. Oh, that was great. That was great to uh, to hear. That was um, last thing that uh, she said to me, you know, when I told her that, you know, this is, it resonated with me and embodied everything that I've been feeling the past couple of weeks and what I've been hearing and feeling from, you know, God and my higher self and stuff like that. And, you know, she just... She came back and she said, you know, it's really, you know, it's just, it's, it's my guides and it's, it's, it's spirit and it's, you know, spirit, God, however you want to reference, um, just confirming what I already knew. So, you know, <sighs> yeah, so to the main topic, to the main topic, um, my blog, greatestiamblog.com. Check it out if you haven't already. It's tons of blog posts up there. Um, uh, let me pull the blog up because I'm going to go through it and, you know, speak about it. Uh, this particular blog for this episode is entitled I Am All I Need. I wrote it on September 24th. Um, also, check out the latest one, I Am Persevering. I wrote that on October 8th. Okay, so let me pull up. I am all I need. Let me take a sip first. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I've been nervous and embarrassed about, about, you know, being vulnerable and stuff like that. And I get a lot of people hitting me up all the time telling me how good it is that I'm doing this and stuff like that. For all, for all the people who think that it's good that I'm doing this, Share the podcast because, you know, although this is therapeutic for me, this is this is helpful for other people to hear, you know, who are going through a lot of mental health issues or just going through ups and downs in their life, bad days and stuff like that. It'll let them know that, you know, uh, it's OK to feel what they're feeling, that they're not alone and that is people out here that are speaking up for them that in turn give them the strength and the power to speak up for themselves and others, you know, because I can't reach everybody. So I need everybody's help. You know, all the people who are fighting for mental health and stuff like that and not doing it for because it's a trend and not doing it to make money and stuff like that. We're in this together, you know, and we have to work together and help each other so make sure you share my podcast make sure you share my blog you know because I'm not making money off of this you know I'm just strictly just this is therapeutic for me at the same time it's it's you know my purpose right now in my life um so the blog was I am all I need 
Um, I'm going to start off with this first paragraph and then I'll, you know, go through it. I was recently asked what my fears are. I took a breath and said being abandoned and rejected. I was surprised by my answer because I don't believe I have ever told anyone, not even my therapist. Maybe I was surprised because I actually wasn't afraid to say it or the fact I finally admitted it to myself. The vibrations from speaking the words definitely left me with a sigh of relief. It was if I was letting a part of myself go. Maybe better said the fear I held on to for so long. The fear of not being good enough. Good enough to survive on my own. Yeah, um, I definitely was surprised when I actually admitted that, you know, my my fear, basically my biggest fear was being abandoned and rejected. Because I definitely don't ever remember, you know, saying that ever before. I don't, like I said, I don't ever think that I said it to my therapist, my former therapist. So it was definitely a relief. It was like I, I let some weight off my shoulders by actually saying it because I actually accepted it. You know, I acknowledged it and then I accepted it. I accepted the fact that that's a fear of mine, even though, you know, I knew in the back of my mind that something that it was there. Because I've gone through it for so many years, but I just never accepted it, you know. It was always an acknowledgement of mine, but I never accepted it. And by me actually admitting it to someone and speaking it out loud, like I said, the vibrations, the vibrations of the words. You know, I felt it through my body with it coming out of my mouth that, you know, I was releasing it. I was releasing the the hold that it had over me for so long. I'll start again in the next paragraph. At an early age, I felt abandoned and rejected. And as I grew older, the fear and pain of it intensified. From family, friends, and lovers, any type of relationship throughout my life, I had a moment where I felt rejected and abandoned. I even learned to reject and abandon myself. So, um, this is not, and I've said this before, this is not to put any blame on my parents or anything like that because they were doing the best that they can. Like, when it comes to black families, black households and stuff, all this stuff is generational. This is when you see the stuff on social media, when they talk about generational curses, this is our generational curses. So, growing up, my parents wasn't there for me emotionally, you know. Um, take a sip. Yeah, my parents wasn't there for me emotionally. Uh, my father, he worked a lot, and... I'm sort of similar to my father in the terms of being, you know, uh, quiet and stuff like that, being to himself. And one of the things that I've I've realized, you know, since I've been in therapy heavily is that, you know, 
the reason that he's the way he is and the reason the way that I am the way that I am is because of, you know, fears of, you know, being vulnerable and the fear of, you know, success, the fear of um, just plain old fear, the fear of um, being yourself and stuff like that. So. I pretty much got a lot of that from him, you know, it was kind of when they say that you you hold a lot of DNA from your, you know, from your your ancestors in you. That's 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 what mine's is right there. And with my mom, my, you know, before I get there, uh, my dad, he was present, present in the household, but he just wasn't there emotionally. Um, you know, we didn't. We barely talked, you know, who knows what he was going through because, you know, when I think about it now, I'm 38. I'm about to be 39 in a month and a, a month and a week. Um, you know, when I was a, a little kid, he was in his mid 30s and, you know, around the time that he was 38, you know, I was probably in my teens, my early teens. And to see what I'm, you know, what I'm going through now and to understand the age that he was then and stuff like that, who knows what he was going through, you know? Um and then you have my mom. And you always look at like mothers to be nurturers and you know, the ones to give love and stuff like that. My mom, she was the dis- disciplinarian in the household and stuff like that. And both my parents are from the South. So, you know, they was big on, you know, uh, discipline and stuff like that. And they they had their ways and stuff that they were, you know, um, raised. So, you know, they passed it down to us and stuff like that, me and my older brother. Um, but my mom, she wasn't emotionally emotionally there for me as well. You know, um, I didn't get affection. I didn't get, you know, affirmations, you know, words of affirmation, stuff like that. So when it comes down to it, when if you was my therapist and you hear the things that I talk about, you would see why I have the the deficiencies or the flaws that I have because of what I lacked from my childhood and if you go back to some of my episodes, uh, particularly, uh, I can't th- remember the name of it, but the one when I talked about my inner child, um, you see how my former therapist had me doing a lot of inner child work and stuff like that. And I still do a little bit today. But, um, you know, both my parents wasn't there for me emotionally. So you can see why a lot of the... Um, the issues that I talk about on the podcast and stuff, a lot of them are emotional issues. A lot of uh, um, lack of attention, of uh, affection, um, affirming, stuff like that. You know, those are my biggest issues or whatever. So a lot of times I felt rejected and I felt abandoned because I wasn't getting those things. And it's a lot, you know, I have stories, you know, things that I remember um that particularly points to those things um but i just want to point out you know 
everybody has something, you know. So I think it's 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 good to kind of go back and to recall some of these things so you can see why, you know, you kind of deal with some of the um uh how you why you deal with some of the thing the same things over and over again because those are you know they're telling um and being self-aware about those you know those childhood traumas and stuff like that can definitely help you when you're in situations where you feel as though you're trying to differ- differentiate between your intuition and those traumas. Because if you aren't aware of the traumas from your childhood or just traumas, period, it would be hard for you to make certain decisions when you're in those moments, you know, because you would think that, you know, um, well, shit, I don't want to deal with this person because of this, 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 or whatever. I, my intuition, my intuition. I think a lot of times that we get conflicted with thinking that our intuition, it, we we think our fear is our intuition, but intuition doesn't have any fear to it. And those traumas and are wrapped up in our fears, fears wrapped up into our traumas and stuff like that. So it's always good to be self-aware of your traumas and your fears and stuff because you'll be able to dif- differentiate and to understand when you're dealing with somebody else or even dealing with yourself um what's a fit what's you know is this my fear right now is this me being you know is this an emotion that i have from the past you know what's going on with me right now and this goes to when i said you know, I even learned to reject and abandon myself because there's been plenty of times where I rejected and abandoned myself. You know, when there was moments where I should have been putting out boundaries with people that I was in relationships with. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about platonic work relationships, all of that. Because anytime you deal with a person, no matter if you're close to them or if they're just a random person, it's a relationship. The root word of a relationship is, of relationship is relate. You're relating to that person on some level. You're relating to them on some level. And when you're dealing with a, a person um, on a deeper level in that relationship, you want it to evolve into a partnership, you know, because you can relate to somebody all day. But just by relating to them doesn't mean that it's it's always good. You know, you can relate in a negative way. You can relate in a bad way. When you move to a partnership, you're working together. And, you know, you understand your your uh, deficiencies or your flaws. You understand their deficiencies and their flaws and vice versa. And you're partnering up to move forward into whatever aspect of that relationship or that partnership that you know, is going on. Um, Let me go to the next paragraph. All right. Recently, I was faced with the fear as well as the feeling of being rejected and abandoned when I parted ways with my therapist. I had been contemplating cutting ties with my therapist for a while, but I was concerned that I would be abandoning the things that we were working on. 
in addition to all of the progress I have made. Feeling that fear of abandoning myself as I have done in the past, I decided to continue working with her despite the fact I felt that it was time for me to move on to a black male therapist. And I'm sure we've had plenty of instances where, you know, we've been in uh, relationships and stuff like that where we felt like it was time to move on and stuff, but we didn't want to give up on a person or something like that. And and that's part of reject, rejecting and abandoning yourself. And like I said, I've, I've done that plenty of times. There have been plenty of times um, to this day where I felt like I need to move on from uh, certain people and stuff like that, but I didn't because I I felt like I was giving up on them, or even I was giving up on myself, or or I was just straight up scared. I was straight up scared. I was straight up scared of of me being by myself, and that's based off of my abandonment issues. You know, I didn't want to be alone, or I didn't want to have to deal with the emotions of being alone, or 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 you know. Being out there and trying to find new friends or a new relationship or something like that and having to be in a situation where I had to be vulnerable, where I could be rejected by another person or something, you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure everybody has felt that before, whether you want to admit it or not, but With my former therapist, I definitely uh, felt like I, f- I reached a plateau with, with her. She was good. I mean, like with, with my former therapist, she was a black female and we worked on a lot of stuff with my inner child and stuff like that. She, um, We worked on a lot of stuff with my feelings. It was basically like... Um, I was touching on the divine feminine aspect of my life that I never got, you know, because I didn't have that, those, um, that affection and stuff like that or whatever. I didn't really know what feelings were. I didn't know how to express my feelings or I didn't know how to feel my feelings. So that was like something that we worked on a lot and I started to feel as though I needed a a black male therapist because I needed to get to the point where I felt I need to work. I needed to work on my discipline and I needed to work on my confidence as a man, you know, and I can only get that from I can only get that from a man, that discipline, that confidence and that accountability to learn how to to shape that. And that's kind of what I'm I'm trying to figure out if. The therapist that I'm working with now is the right person for because working with a therapist is a relationship. And I've heard plenty of people say that, you know, how they would be, you know, afraid about going to therapy because they don't know if the person is right for them and stuff like that. It's a process just like any other relationship that, you know, um, you have. You have to relate first and then you have to figure out if you'll be able to have a partnership or not. Because the therapist isn't healing you. You're you're healing you. The therapist is there to assist you. The therapist is the tool. But y'all working together. You're working with the tool to, you know, to progress your healing. And that's the process that I'm in now. <clears throat> Let me go to the next paragraph. Um, 
With my former therapist, I got in touch with my feelings, how to acknowledge my feelings, express those feelings. We also did a lot of work on how to heal my inner child. As I started to make progress over the two years or so I worked with her, I felt I reached a plateau in my progress with a progress with her. And I also wanted more from a therapist in terms of, excuse me, another burp, I guess that's six, seven. In terms of accountability. I felt as though where I am at, where I am in life, I need to work on my confidence and discipline as a man. And I can only receive that from working with a male therapist. A role I believe was abandoned in my childhood. And I've already talked about that, you know, the lack of relationship that I had with my dad and stuff like that. So I didn't really have... You know, somebody to teach me how to necessarily be a man and to build my confidence as a man. You know, it's different having your confidence come from your mother in terms of affirming you, giving you affection and building up your your self-worth on that end. But it also works the same way on the male end. You know, my dad's side. And I didn't get that from him either. I didn't get, you know, the 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 teaching the tools and the masculine the masculine love and affection you know it being different than a woman's affection but it's still being affection with a you know your dad teaching you how to do things and you holding you accountable you know uh making sure you're disciplined and and finishing things and starting things and not giving up on yourself and stuff like that you know, I didn't have that, you know, that's why I did to a degree so bad in school. I didn't have nobody checking my homework. I didn't have nobody making sure I was, you know, keeping up with with stuff like that. You know, when I started football, I quit football. I was doing track. I was great in track. I quit that. I didn't have nobody to hold me accountable in them things and to make sure that I was being disciplined and staying in those those roles, those areas of my life that. You know, it helped me learn discipline and accountability and to fail, but to pick yourself up and to keep going. You know, I was by myself. So when I failed on something, you know, I I just it was just whatever. I moved on to the next thing. I didn't have nobody to keep me focused, keep me on the straight path, the straight and narrow. Let me go to the. um Next paragraph. Uh, In the midst of me contemplating cutting ties with my former therapist, she decided to cut ties first, which left me blindsided. In the moment she told me and even before she told me, when I couldn't make appointments with her, I honestly felt rejected and abandoned. I know you're probably reading this saying, well, you wanted to leave anyway. Yes, I did want to leave, but I have been left, as I say, by people like this before. And when you have become conditioned at an early age to feel rejected and abandoned, you relive every moment over and over again. And that's what happened because I I feel like the way that she did it was unprofessional. I feel like the way she did it was foul because um, I tried to make my next appointment to meet with her. And when I went on the website, the little portal, I couldn't make no appointments no more. And she didn't reach out to me or anything. I had to actually email her. And let her know that I couldn't make no more appointments. And then she finally got back to me and said, um, 
when are you available to speak or whatever. So I gave her a time and, you know, um, a time and day. And then we met up and then she was like, she think that, you know, um, I should see somebody else or whatever. If I would have never contacted her, sent her that email, she would have never said nothing to me. And I just think that was foul and I think that was unprofessional. And that's when it comes with the rejected and abandoned part. You know, even though I've been in therapy for a while, um, you know, I still get triggered. You know, you're still going to get triggered when you um going through your healing process when you're going to therapy when you're doing whatever you need to do to heal you're still going to get triggered but it's all about you know how how differently you react to the situations so initially i did feel rejected and abandoned but it didn't it didn't hurt the same way as it did in the past but like i said i still had to relive moments in the past where i've been rejected and abandoned you know by my parents uh by my brother, uh, by relationships, um, friends, um, and romantic relationships. I relived, I started reliving some of those, those moments or whatever. I was sitting there trying to figure out what I did wrong. Um, I was getting anxious, like, you know, what did I do? You know, do, do they not like me and stuff like that? I started reliving other moments and, placing it and projecting it on that situation with my third my former therapist let me get to the next paragraph i allowed myself to feel those feelings how i learned in therapy and surprisingly i was over it in a day i started repeating the affirmation i am all i need throughout the day and reminding myself of how much i have grown That one day became a day of flashbacks of when I was rejected and abandoned by friends, girlfriends, and my parents. I relived a lot of moments that were very painful for me. Even times when I rejected and abandoned myself based off the the relationship I had with other people. Yeah, so, you know, I already said it. You know, I relived a lot of moments from the past and was trying to figure out what I did wrong or if something is wrong with me and, you know... And I was projecting a lot of the past situations onto that situation, but I was just reliving a lot of moments. And it was it was emotionally draining. It was emotionally tough. Um, But, yeah, I started saying to myself, I am all I need. I am all I need. I am all I need. Um, And that helped me. You know, um, I'll go into further about talk more about that affirmation and stuff like that. And let me read this um, this last paragraph. I began to feel frustrated with myself because I know I am enough by myself and I don't need anyone to validate me. I am all I need and no one can take that away from me but myself. The fear of rejection and abandonment is in the past. I can stand on my own. People come and go, but the relationship with myself will last for a lifetime. Yeah, so... Um, I do get frustrated a lot when I go through these situations, when I get triggered by a lot of this stuff. I mean, I understand that it's going to happen, but I still get frustrated. And one of the things that I've been working on for a while and that's a focus with my new therapist is, you know, how hard I am on myself and how I beat myself up. And I do that a lot. And when I get frustrated, when certain things pop back up and I get triggered by certain stuff, you know, 
That's when I start beating myself up and being hard on myself. And it is very difficult because I'm a very self-aware person. And I'm very self-aware of a lot of things I do. When I'm going through like emotional emotional times or up and down, ups and downs and stuff, I know exactly where they're coming from. Why they're happening and what I need to do to get over them. But sometimes I like to sit in them. Because I'm so used to it, you know, I've been going through this for so long, ever since I was a a young kid, you know, I'm used to sitting in them. So sometimes it, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it just feels good to sit in them because I'm so used to it. And it's a bad thing to sit in them. I can feel them, but I'm not supposed to sit in them. And I know that based off, of, just based off of therapy. But sometimes, you know, I do, I do like the to sit in those feelings and to get the attention from it um if i do get attention from it because <laughs> sometimes i'll just be sitting in them jones and i can't get no attention from it i'll just be sitting in them sometimes i since i spent so much time alone i'll be trying to sit in the feelings and trying to get sympathy from god and stuff <laughs> but um yeah I am all I need. So basically, um, I am all I need is a good affirmation. Definitely a good affirmation. Because when it comes down to it, you don't want to rely on anybody for your happiness, for love, for your self-esteem, your self-confidence, anything like that. But one thing that, you know, I've been talking a lot with my new therapist is that, you know, we're human. We need relationships. That's part of the human experience. You know, that's part of, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And part of that human experience is relationships, relationships, partnerships. I think where a lot of times what we fail is we don't understand the whole point of relationships. And like I said, the root word of relationships is to relate. And we don't know how to evolve past that relating point to turn it into a partnership. Um, And this is including me. And this is something that, you know, just me going off of therapy and a lot of the reading that I do and a lot of the thinking and self-reflecting and stuff that I do that I've, you know, I've came to the conclusion myself that we're stuck in that in that uh, point where. We still don't understand what a relationship is. We don't understand that the focus of the relationship is to relate and to evolve into a partnership. You know, you hear a lot of times on social media and stuff, situationships and stuff like that. You know, that's a a cute, trendy thing that people use to sit in their negativity and their toxic mindset. But they don't really understand that even a situationship. Because life is based off of moments. That situation is a moment. And in that moment, you're dealing with a relationship. So how you relate to that person in that situation or that moment is based on if that relationship is going to evolve into a partnership or not. You know, we have that choice. Um, But we don't understand the relationship or relating to another person that is easy for us to just walk away. That's why, you know, in the times that we are in now, you know, it's just so easy for people to break up and walk away and, you know, to reject and abandon people. 
because no matter how focused you should be on yourself, you still need relationships as a human, you know, and granted, you have the power and that choice of whether that relationship should evolve into a partnership. But a lot of people just reject and abandon people based off of what they aren't getting from that person because of the void that they need to fill. And that's <clears throat> that's something that me and my therapist, my new therapist, has been talking about a lot. And we've been talking about how, you know, um, I've, because of my past and what I've gone through and stuff like that, how... I seek out a lot of, you know, voids. I'll be trying to fulfill stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Fulfill a lot of things with other people through other people. And when they don't do something that I like or, you know, they're just being themselves or, you know, just being a human that I feel rejected or abandoned. And some of those times are valid, but a lot of times that has to do with me, you know. And I've seen that based off of my dealings, just, you know, my relationships with people, period. Like, and that's part of the struggle that I deal with, you know, keeping quiet and trying to please people and stuff like that because I don't want them to reject me. I don't want them to abandon me. And I feel a lot of times that a lot of people have known this romantically and you know platonically they've known this and they've used this against me they know that if they got mad at me or they gaslighted me they stopped talking to me or something like that that it was going to make me feel a certain type of way um because of my patterns but you know relationships are are difficult when you're dealing with you know traumas and just the fact of you know i ain't saying i am all i need it it's a good thing to a degree of you not um sitting there and basing your whole life or you know your happiness and all that stuff on another person but in terms of abandoning yourself and rejecting yourself the opportunity of having relationships and partnerships with other people that is a bad thing and that's and you know i'm on i'm on all aspects of that you know i spend a lot of time to myself i'm afraid to be rejected and abandoned i'm afraid to to put myself out there or to you know to speak my emotions my feelings to people because I don't want to make them mad I don't want them leaving me and stuff like that or I don't want to deal with the drama so I'm just all around dealing with it but this comes from my past from you know dealing with my parents and and stuff and saying and having situations where I've said certain things or asked certain questions and I will get shunned or they will get mad at me or something like that you know so this is something that I've been dealing with for a long time I am all I need but you know I'm still trying to find the the right balance of that I am all I need you know because I've 
I've been in a lot of situations where I've tried so hard to to be myself and I want to be myself so bad, but it will make people feel uncomfortable or they think I'm being too cocky or um, I would be, like I said, I'll be afraid of them being mad at me or them leaving or something like that, where I was basically putting so many people before me. And I still do that to this day, even when I try to put put boundaries in place with people and it doesn't go my way they wind up gaslighting me or they wind up rejecting me abandoning me not talking to me or looking at me a certain way I would go off you know I would go away from the boundaries that I set in place just because I wanted to have that comfortability of knowing that they were there instead of You know, I was choosing them first instead of choosing myself first. You know, I was afraid of not having them around and me being all by myself, even though I'm by myself all the damn time. (laughs) But that's one of the reasons why I do it, because I just it's just like I would just be like, well, I'll just be to myself. So I ain't even got to deal with this shit. So I spend a tremendous amount of time by myself keeping shit in. And when they do finally come out, I blow up. And, you know, it's just it's not good when I blow up because when I blow up, it it could be harsh. It could be blunt. And it could make just the whole situation worse. And it's 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 a it's a struggle. It's a struggle for me because I feel like a lot of times, like I already said, people people take advantage of that they know they know that i that i'm timid or i'm nervous about speaking up on certain things and stuff or they try to get they try to get certain things that they want from me or from the relationship and they know that i will be afraid to say certain things or to speak up on certain situations and stuff like that so they'll try to take advantage of it and which is weird because a lot of people see me as see me as that I'm real brash. I'm real brash and blunt. But I guess that's from, you know, the moments that I've blown up. But I, I definitely. I definitely <clears throat> I'm definitely changing, though. I definitely over the past, particularly this year and this year has been. Uh, just a year and we all know 2020 has been a year for everybody the collective but individually this year is me having to spend a lot of time to myself and to do a lot of self-reflection and stuff like that I've learned a lot about myself and a lot of shit that I don't want to tolerate a lot of stuff that I want to do I just want to be myself so bad I just want to fully be myself and I'm just the more as the days, the weeks and the months go by, I'm just not caring more and more, you know, about what others think and stuff. And I'm just feeling more comfortable with just letting people go, you know, just letting people go. And I'm seeing people for who they really are and what they what they want from me, what they're trying to get from me. And it's just all about how I'm going to react to it. If I'm going to speak up about it, I'm still having difficulties in that area. 
and you know it's 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 difficult <laughs> it's difficult i mean i can go on and on about this topic because i know it's, it's like a lot of stuff that i'm going to leave out i didn't do a i didn't do an outline because i wanted to because i knew that this this episode this topic was going to be a conversation with myself and i didn't want it to be robotic so a lot of the things that i'm speaking i'm playing out with myself at the same time that i'm speaking with you so yeah i'm like sitting here right now um thinking about more stuff to say because it's like so much it's so much (laughs) um yeah i am all i need i am all i need but you know i've been working with this new therapist um for it's been three weeks i meet with him again monday and it's it's been um It's been a journey. Um, I'm not going to lie. The journey has been emotional at times. But I understand why. And I've enjoyed it to a degree. Um, Like I said, the, the difficulty that I have is when I get into the moments where I feel like that I'm getting caught up into sitting in those those emotions and sitting in those moments. And... When I'm getting just frustrated with people because I'm understanding a lot more about relationships and the the relating aspect of relationships and how it needs to evolve into a partnership and how people just a lot of people just aren't there yet because a lot of people are caught up into social media and what social media says, situationships and stuff like that. It's a lot of negativity and toxic stuff going on when it's based on relationships. And I've talked about it a lot when it comes to black men and black women and stuff. Um, we still we still have that stigma in the black community of therapy and stuff like that. Um, we've made a lot of strides in getting that, you know, the message out there and making it kind of normal but it's still we still have a long way to go um yeah um i can go on and on i mean i guess i can do a part two of this and just you know go into my second blog post and maybe i'll do that next week you know to keep it going um, because I'm sure it's, it'll be more things that I'll come up with and I'll make sure this time I actually write it down and have sort of a informal uh, outline. But just be aware of uh, your relationships um, and focus on the root word of relating, of relate and how you relate to the people that you're dealing with and whether it should evolve into a partnership on that. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, I still deal with, even though 
I, you know, I, I accepted the fact that I'm, I'm afraid of being rejected and abandoned. I still get triggered by it. I still deal with it daily, you know, when it comes to people and it comes out of nowhere. Sometimes things don't even happen. And, um, I'll have that, that fear will pop in my head or, you know, I question things that people do that I, you know, that I deal with, um, I feel like I I feel like I I'm too nice at times and you know I do things for people and and they don't acknowledge it or they don't you know have any gratitude they don't express gratitude you know I just I don't know it's it's, it's difficult you know dealing with people but you know I got to kind of have compassion and empathy based off of my experiences and this is and everything that I'm speaking about it isn't fact. It's it's fact based off of my experiences, my emotions and my feelings, but it's not a collective fact, you know. So everybody's experience would be different. Um but it's all about relating to a degree. So you know, each episode I ended with a song and I came across this song and it just tied right into what the hell's been going on. So um it's called So Done featuring excuse me, Khaled, Alicia Keys, featuring Khaled. And I'm about to play the song now. And don't forget to subscribe, download, and please share. Please share share it on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, share it on Twitter. If, you know, if y'all say, if, if y'all really mean that I'm doing a good thing, share it so other people can, can you know, get the same good words and feelings and, you know, it can help somebody. So, you know, just share it, download it, download, listen, and undownload it because all, uh, all platforms, they track it differently. So, um, you have to download it. So, just download it, download it. It's like a super like. So just download it, listen to it, and undownload it. Um, share it. Don't forget the blog, greatestiamblog.com. Um, check out the other podcasts. Uh, Unprocessed Knowledge. Um, separate the two podcasts. Um, three stars, two bars. And, of course, Unproductive and Unapologetic Podcast. I'm about to play the song once again. It's Alicia Keys featuring Khalid. So done. So, so done Got in my tongue, holding me back I'm living the way that I want Cause I'm so, so done Fighting myself, going through hell I'm living the way that I want 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 I lost control over all my energy Done so much damage to my heart I've given in, I've changed my identity 
Again, that was Alicia Keys featuring Khalid. So done. That song was perfect for this episode, and I swear it just popped up out of nowhere today. <laughs> this podcast is blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but I'm about to end it right here. I'm about to finish off this cigar. Uh, have another glass or two. Grab something to eat. Chill. Watch a movie or something. Last night I watched. Um, what the hell did I watch? I watched uh, About Last Night. That was a good-ass romantic comedy. Um, I don't know. I've been, like, like I said, I've been emotionally, like, drained. And my emotions been all over the place. I've been in this, like, lovey-dovey move and, like, all this craziness. So, um, the night before that, I watched The Photograph. I done watched The Photograph, like, a thousand times. That's uh, Issa Rae and uh, my man. Damn, I forgot his name. He a good actor. I forgot his name. But yeah, the photograph. That's a good uh, little, a good black love movie. And I was trying to watch, you know, romantic movies that didn't have a lot of negativity and drama and toxic shit going on. Because I wanted to actually feel good doing the movie. <laughs> you know, I ain't want to have all these bad feelings and stuff. Because I wanted to watch Love Jones, but because... 
that joint just be love jones man that joint all over the place so yeah uh, i watched about last night last night and i watched the photograph the night before last tonight i probably just watched something that's on my list that i haven't watched yet um it's this african movie that's on netflix that i've been wanting to watch um but yeah once again my drink for tonight was Woodford Reserve, uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and my cigar was Macanudo Inspirado. And I'm going to finish this off and have a couple of more drinks, and I'll get back to y'all next week. Holler at me, a taste to consider podcast.